This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Won't you stand with me? And we're going to open in prayer. As you are doing that, I want to take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for this wonderful privilege of being able to minister the Word of God to you this morning. I want to welcome everybody that's watching online and in the other venues. Great to have you with us this morning. Let's bow our heads and open in prayer. Father, as we come to you this morning, we come in the wonderful, precious, and holy name of Jesus. As always, Lord, we remind ourselves that without you, we can do nothing. So Lord, we hand this time over to you. This is your church. Come and have your way. I do not trust in my ability at all, but totally depend upon you to speak through me today exactly what you would have your family here this morning. And I pray that every heart is open to receive your word so that every life will change as a result of it. And in advance, we give you alone all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's wonderful to see you. And then you may be seated this morning. Now, family, as we uh, get into today's message, I was really just pondering on what to bring and what message to bring today when I was asked to minister the Word of God. And I really just took some time to reflect on the last sort of almost two years of how our life has changed, right? I mean, in almost two years, we've been living in a world that's completely different to what we've known. And I know you've heard so much about it, and there's just so many messages out there, and you've heard so many different stories about what's happening. And today I want to bring you a message which is titled, Coping with Crisis. Coping with Crisis. Although the big elephant in the room right now is COVID, and this pandemic is what everybody's talking about, there are many different crises that our people are facing other than COVID, right? People are not just facing this, but they're facing many things. And I know that for many of you, uh, COVID itself and the, and the ramifications of it have come close to home. And I don't want to make lightly of this and say, well, come on, man, just get over it, move on. We're tough, we're strong, we can move forward. It's very real. I mean, even for myself, over this time, I've buried people that are close to me. A member of our own group who was a dear friend, I did his funeral. I've been in funerals of people that have walked a walk with me over years of ministry, people that I love dearly, and I've seen them go home to the Lord. And I know many of you have lost loved ones. People have have lost work and employment. I know I have a family member that was fighting for their life in hospital over this time as well. I've had people close to me that have lost income as a result of this. So I know it's very, very real. And I don't want to make light of it and just say, well, yes, seven things, just do that, move on, everything will be okay. We understand we're in a fight, amen? But we win, isn't that right? And so... It's important for us not to allow things to overwhelm us. It's important for us not to allow our feelings and our thoughts to get the best of us when we're going through these challenges. You know, David himself went through challenges and listen to what he said here in Psalm 142, verse three. David said these words, he says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. How many people have been feeling overwhelmed? Sometimes your circumstance just makes you feel at times overwhelmed. And David just said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. I love that. He turned to God and said, you have a way out. (laughs) I know, Lord, even though I'm feeling overwhelmed, I know there's a way for me that you have destined for me to overcome this. And you see, family, we need to understand how a person handles a crisis can determine whether you end up feeling overwhelmed or you come out stronger. 
Say with me, I will always come out stronger. Family, there's a doctor by the name of Dr. Rossman, and this doctor has over 35 years of experience in helping people when they are going through different challenges in their life. He's been doing this for many years, whether it's family challenges, whether it's personal, whether it's business challenges, whatever they are, he's helped people to overcome them and he's given them certain directives and certain steps to take. And so this morning, we're gonna go and look at some of these points that he suggests and they are really practical things that you and I can focus on and look at within ourselves to say, hey, if I can follow these steps, I know that I'll be able to overcome any crisis that comes my way. So this is not just to do with COVID, but whatever challenge comes your way, if you will make notes of these things and follow them, you will come out on top every time. So let's have a look at them. They're not in any order of of preference, but just starting on the top of my notes. He says, one of the first things we need to always do is acknowledge your feelings. You gotta acknowledge your feelings. We read what David said, when my spirit was overwhelmed, you knew my path. David recognized his challenge. He recognized what his feelings were. I love an example that Apostle Theo has used over the years. He says, when somebody phoned him and said, Apostle Theo, um, I'm coming to the church, but I'm lost. Can you give me directions on how to get there? So Apostle Theo would say to that individual, so tell me, where are you? And the person would say, well, I don't know where I am. So Apostle Theo says, unless you know where you are, I can't give you directions on where you need to be. You need to know where you are, right? You gotta be able to say, I'm on the corner of this street or that street. Ask, how do you get directions? Well, in life, we've got to acknowledge where we are in order to figure out the pathway to where we wanna go. And so too many people, they squash their feelings, they, they bottle them. You know the old saying, cowboys don't cry. No, that's not true. We need to acknowledge where we are in order to get a solution on where we need to go. So David said those words. And God, family, God already knows how you feel. He knows what you're going through. And if you're gonna stifle your emotions, all that'll do is just sap your energy. It'll leave you tense, depressed, and slow down the healing process. You need to be able to say, hey, I'm I'm dealing with these feelings. Can somebody help me? And yet Christian Family Church, of course we can, you know that. If you need help and you're overcome by certain emotions, get involved in our freedom curriculums and you will be free. Another point the doctor says, he says this, he says, confide in someone. Too many people are trying to walk this life alone. That's never God's plan. He says it's important to confide in someone. Now obviously, family, that does not mean pouring your heart out to everybody and anybody. It means opening up to those who love and care about you. There are people who love and care about you. There are people in this church who love and care about you. I'm a big believer of groups. We are a church of groups. That's what we are. I'm still in a group. Our group ran this week as well. I was with our group this past Friday. And so I believe in that. We need people around us to help us on our journey. Don't do it alone. Be part of a group, join a team. There's people around who will help you. Proverbs 17, 17 from the Passion Translation says this. A dear friend will love you no matter what. And a family sticks together through all kinds of trouble. So we need to have people in our life. You need to have people you can speak to when you're going through a crisis or facing a crisis. You know, studies have proven, numerous studies have shown and confirmed that there's power in social support to help through any crisis. There is power in that. You know, the Bible, the first problem in the Bible wasn't sin. You know that? 
If you read Genesis, the first problem in the Bible is isolation. God said it's not good for man to be alone. Sin came later. So God knows we need people around us. I want to encourage you, don't isolate. Confide in someone. Be with some people. They'll help you through your challenge. Another point the doctor says is this, and this is so important. Refuse to play the blame game. Everybody likes to point out it's that person's problem, it's that person's problem. Well, it's the doctor's problem. It's somebody else's problem. You know, the boss never gave me a chance. Everybody likes to focus on somebody else that caused the problem. You see, family, blame shifting makes others responsible for your pain. When you blame shift and you move the blame to somebody else, it makes somebody else responsible for your pain. And more often than not, it results in lingering grudges that prolong your misery. You know, when you blame somebody else, you know what you're really saying? You're saying, I'm giving you control over my life. If you blame somebody else, you're saying, if I blame Pastor Bruce, I say, Pastor Bruce, it's your fault that I am where I am, then I'm saying you have control over my life and you are determining how my life's gonna be. And that's not true. I need to take responsibility. If I've made a mistake or if there's a situation that's happened, I need to take control. You know, Apostle Allen has said this many times. He said this, it's not your fault if someone pushes you in the swimming pool, but it is your fault if you stay there. <laughs> so you have a choice to make. Maybe the circumstances are outside of your control, but once you're there, you have a choice to make about what you're gonna do. So let's not blame other people. Let's let go of toxic bitterness and judgment. Stop feeling like a doormat. Too many people are just like a doormat. They allow people to wipe their feet on them all the time. You can forgive while taking steps to make yourself less vulnerable the next time. And we need to do that. We need to be a people that don't hold grudges. We need to be a people that let go. When you hold on to things and hold on to people, you're giving them control over your life and we don't wanna do that. And then the fourth one, which goes in line with this one, is forgive yourself. So many people are beating themselves over the head for choices and decisions they've made. And yes, it may have been wrong things you've done. Stop beating yourself over the head. Listen, you're human like everybody else. Acknowledge you've made a mistake and ask God for forgiveness. Then forgive yourself and move on. You know, the Bible says that God doesn't even remember your sin when you repent. It says in Isaiah 43, 25, I will not remember your sins. Neither should you, family. You know, I was listening to a, a minister, minister this past week, and um, he made an amazing statement. He said this. He said, family, there's so much in the world that's against you at this time. There's so much in the world that's against you. Don't be against yourself. Isn't that true? Don't need to add to the challenge. Forgive yourself. Just move on. Say, yes, okay, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Lord, forgive me and entrust him to move forward and make right choices and decisions as we go along. You know, family, it's important for us as we're learning these things to understand that they're gonna help us to grow and overcome our challenges. And that's why Philippians chapter one and verse nine says this, keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. When we keep on growing, by being in church every week, you are growing in knowledge and understanding. You are learning ways to walk the life that God has destined for you. And so points like this help us to do that. You see, when you find yourself in a crisis, having the right attitude makes the difference between despair and determination. We must be determined to overcome. 
We mustn't fall into despair. And so we grow in knowledge and understanding to deal with these things. Dr. Rossman goes on and he says this. He says, look for ways to find meaning in the situation that you're in. Some time ago, I ministered a message and one of the points was, there's purpose in your pain. There's purpose in your pain. You see, resilient people use their experiences to help others. Aren't you grateful that somebody learned something and they helped you to avoid that problem? Aren't you grateful for that? I'm grateful that I didn't have to figure out everything myself. There were people that went on ahead of me that overcame challenges, and because of that, they've helped me to overcome those challenges. Second Corinthians 1 verse 4 says this, God comforts us every time we have trouble. Why does he do that? Well, it goes on to say, so when others have trouble, we can comfort them. Learn from the challenges. When you're going through something, then use that experience to help other people. Whatever you've gained from that, be a blessing to somebody else and say, listen, don't do that because that'll result in this. I overcame it by doing X, Y, and Z. So let's make sure we look for ways to find meaning in the challenges that we're going through. That'll help us to cope with the crisis that we find ourselves in. Another point is this one, and this is a big one for the times we find ourselves in at the moment, is to examine your priorities. Gee, I have noticed over the last two years, maybe more over the last year, that people's priorities have swung around completely. Things that were important to them are no longer important to them. And there are certain things that we must never move off of the top shelf in our life. And that is, seek first the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33. And I've noticed over time, there are people that I've known for years that would never miss a church service. They'd be in the house of God, they'd serve, they'd be with people, and today we don't see them. All of a sudden, Matthew 6, 33 is not a priority in their life. And I'm saying we must examine our priorities. Don't allow ourselves to waste time we've been given. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, teach us to use wisely all the time we have. I wanna just throw out a few questions to you this morning, answer them in your heart. But if you had to prioritize your time differently, if you had to examine what you're doing with your life, think about these questions and see if they would change anything in what you're doing. Here's the first one. How would you like to spend your time differently now? Knowing what you know, how would you like to spend your time differently now? Another question is, how would you most like to, sorry, who would you most like to spend it with? If you could choose anybody to spend your time with, who would that be? How can you use your strengths in the service of what's important to you? If you had only one year to live, what conversations would you want to have? And the last question is, what kind of person would you want to be? If you could change anything about the way you live your life, what kind of person would you want to be? You see, family, we need to examine our priorities and make sure that we are living life that is pleasing to the Lord, making sure that we are putting His kingdom first and ask ourselves questions that are tough questions so we can make the right choices with the time that we have. Another point that Dr. Osman says is, believe you can bounce back too many people allow the circumstance to overwhelm them and they don't bounce back. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for though the righteous may fall seven times, he gets up again. 
We are a people who get up, amen? We are a people who bounce back. A crucial aspect of resilience is faith in your ability to cope. Even if you have the practical skills to deal with the issue at hand, unless you believe you can, you will waver. You see, you can have all the gifts and talents to deal with the circumstance, but if you don't believe you can, you won't. You know, a very sad thing for me is when, you know, as a church, we, we feed a lot of people that are living on the streets, a, little, a lot of people that are hungry out there. And over the years, we've come across a lot of different people. Do you know there are people living on the streets who have got degrees and qualifications, who at some point in their life, senior people in organizations, they have all the ability, but they don't believe they can bounce back. So with all that knowledge, all that qualifications, they're living on the street. Now I understand they may have been dealt a, a, a bad hand, I understand that, but you don't have to stay in the pool if you're pushed in the pool. You can get out. And so family, we need to believe when the challenge comes, I will bounce back, I can, because God is on my side. So we have to be a people who believe that. Another point is this one, to step out of your comfort zone. We need to not be stuck in an area that we feel so comfortable in. The, the scripture reading, Philippians says, keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. We need to do that. You know, if you wanna break out of a, a, a comfort zone, if you wanna to be more resilient, you've gotta take on different things. And that'll teach you to be more resilient. For example, maybe while you're going to this time where you are, perhaps you're still working from home, maybe your company's still uh, uh, letting you work from home and you're in this little comfort zone and you're so used to your daily routine, the challenge with those daily routines, some of them can cause you to be stuck in a hole. And so we need to, for example, do something different. Maybe just learn a new language or a computer program. Begin a project at home or at work. You see, family, by doing that, when you embrace the unfamiliar, it strengthens you. It gives you confidence and the capacity to handle new situations. When you put yourself into a new situation, it prepares you for change. And you know we're living in a world of change all the time. People who struggle with change get stuck in a hole. And so if you're in that place where you don't like change, maybe step out of your comfort zone. Try something different. It'll help you to cope when change comes. You see, the more you require of yourself, the more resilient you will become the more resilient you will become. And his last point that the doctor brings up here, he says this one, this is a big one for a lot of people, is you need to clear the weeds that are choking your optimism and positivity. I tell you, sometimes when you get into a conversation with some people, there's zero positiveness that comes out of them. Have you noticed that sometimes? They just talk about all the challenges, all the challenges. That is dangerous because that then saps us of positive and creative thinking. You see, when you start thinking pessimistic and cynical thoughts, step back, reframe your perspective by looking for solutions to solve the problem. We need to be a people that say, yes, this might be the situation. This might be where I find out myself, but I believe there's a way out. And trust God for a solution. You all know Proverbs 23, 7 well. The Passion Translation says it this way. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. Your thoughts are super important. They're either gonna take you over or they're gonna take you under. And if we have negative thoughts all the time, if we're pessimistic people, if we're negative people, we're never gonna find solutions to problems in life. You see, family, there are so many people that believe that the situation they find themselves in is their lot in life. 
They just believe it. That's their thought process. Well, this is where I am. Well, so what, this is what it is. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. That's not true. I don't believe that for one second. There is an enemy. He does come to kill, steal, and destroy, but we're not going to allow him to, right? We're going to move forward, and so we've got to make sure we don't have negative thinking. Church, listen to me. Everybody, every one of us has the God-given potential to succeed in life. Everyone. There's not one person that God created that he created to fail. I have not found a scripture in the Bible that says, I created Bruce to be a failure. I created Mary to be a failure. I've never seen that in the Bible. Not one verse in the Bible says that God created anybody to be a failure. You see, everyone has a seed of potential within them. Every person, God put it inside of you. And, but the challenge is that very few people if, ever realize their full potential. And not many people live out to their full potential. A lot of people have acres of potential, but they don't keep them cultivated. They just don't keep them cultivated. They just go along with the flow. When the challenges come, they just accept those challenges. And we are not like that. You know what Mahatma Gandhi said? Mahatma Gandhi made this statement. He said, the difference between what we do and what we are capable of doing will solve most of the world's problems. Can you imagine a world where everybody just lives to their potential? If everybody fulfilled their potential, which God put inside of them, I think we'll have a lot less challenges in the world than what we do, right? You see, church, inside your DNA, God has placed within you your gifts and your talents that are unique to you for succeeding in what he has planned for you to do. That's what he's done. I mean, have you ever watched children growing? Have you ever just looked at different children growing and you see one child is full of life and he's screaming and running around and shouting and they're always so excited and you see some other children are just quiet and calm and they just sit and they don't get you know, too loud. Have you ever seen that happen? Have you ever wondered why it's like that? Could it maybe be, possibly, that God has made them that way for a purpose. Maybe God has made the quiet and still one to one day grow up and be the scientist who needs to stay focused while they're solving a challenge. Maybe the quiet one is destined to be that lawyer that has to go through all those notes before they have to present. Maybe they're the, the accountant that has to work on your books and you want them to be focused. And the loud child and the running around child is the one that's supposed to be the next evangelist telling the world about Jesus or the next leader of a nation. Have you ever wondered about that? You see, God has placed that within you. I don't want to get onto ADHD and all that stuff. I have my own opinions on it. I'm not in favor of uh, uh, quenching anybody with medication. I don't believe in that. I, God, I believe God's made you the way that he's made you for a purpose. But what my point is that God has placed within every one of us potential to succeed. And if you don't believe that, then when crises come, they'll overtake you. You have potential to succeed. Let me prove it to you in the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11. God says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Yeah, we can see that God's plans for all of us is to do well, right? To succeed. Did you know that this verse, 29, 11, didn't lose any of its ability and power when COVID came in. Do you know that that verse worked when there were world wars and famines and it'll work today and it will work tomorrow? 
So God didn't say, well, look, I had plans for you to succeed. I did have potential for you, but gee, I didn't know about COVID. So no, sorry, your potential doesn't work anymore. Sorry for you, suck it up, deal with the problem. No, family, that verse works no matter what. You've got inside you the potential to succeed because God has placed it there. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says this, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has prepared beforehand the good works that you should walk in. Do you notice it says should and not would? Isn't that interesting? I highlighted here in my notes the word should. It doesn't say you would walk in them. It says you should walk in them. In other words, that's my plan for you. But you've got to do things my way, God says, if you want to change the should to a would. You have to do that. So we've got to believe that we have the potential to succeed. Do you know why people do not reach their potential? I'm going to just give you four points why people do not reach their potential. The first one is a one that we all know well. It's called choices. Choices. People make choices that limit them. So many people make choices that put them on the back foot. John Wooden, who's a famous coach in America and, and, and a motivational speaker, said this. There is a choice you have to make in everything you do. So keep in mind that in the end, the choice you make makes you. Your choices determine what you will be tomorrow. Newsflash, your choices you made in your past is the reason where you are today. It's just a fact. You're a child of God because you said, Jesus, be my Lord. That's your choice. Amen? So that's the choice. There are people that haven't prayed that prayer, and they are dealing with another set of challenges because they are under the sway of the enemy. So we need to understand that you can have all the talent and the potential and make wrong choices and then you will fail. Or you can have all the talent and potential and make right choices and succeed. So it's about choices with your potential that cause you to succeed in life. There are many people that are amazingly gifted but make wrong choices and obviously they don't succeed. So our choices are super important. John Maxwell says this, we don't always get what we want, but we do always get what we choose. Isn't that true? You'll always get the choices that you make. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this, today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Not what I'm forcing you to do, the choice you make. And then he gives us a clue. Oh, that you would choose life, that you and your descendants may live. So family, our choices are vitally important. They affect us reaching our potential or not. The second thing that causes people not to reach their potential is a thing called time. Time. People have no idea the process would take so long. People get impatient. We're living in a world of instant everything. Instant. We want instant coffee. We want instant food. We drive through a drive through and we still get impatient. <laughs> you know, and it's just so sad. There are things that just do take time. Remember this, you need to have patience. Why? Because all things are difficult before they come easy. All things. Can you remember the first time you rode a bicycle or drove a car? 
I mean, the very first time you got on that bicycle, you wobbled and maybe you fell a few times and there were a few scratches and bruises to prove that it wasn't so easy. When you got into a car the first time to drive and you were changing gears, that car was bouncing all over the place and stalling. Do you remember those days? It just seemed like this bridge was too far to cross when you get in the first time. But today, many of you get into your car, you don't even think about it anymore. You just drive and change the gears without even thinking about it. Family in life, you just need to understand that time is important. It takes time for us to get where we want to go. Be patient with the process. People that are impatient don't fulfill their potential. You see, there are two realities concerning potential when it comes to time. Listen to this. There are things that we work for and there are things that we wait for. Things that we work for and things that we wait for. The big mistake is that many people are waiting for something they haven't worked for. So if you wanna be the director of your company that you're working at, be patient, work hard, and in time, that position will come. If you wanna be a partner in a law firm, Work hard now and in time, that position will come. You're not gonna get it on day one. And in life, it's like that with so many things. Work at it. You know, I'm not, this is not an ad for Bible college, but I wanna put it out there. Guys, if you wanna grow in the things of God better, get on Bible college. Get into the work, word of God. So into your life, at least the first year, at least the first year. And if you will sow that time, you will come out far better. Your faith will soar. So time, We've got to be willing to pay, uh, pay the price of time. Then the third and second last one is this. is a thing called price. People fail to pay the price their potential demands. You see, there's always a price to pay. John Maxwell says, for everything you gain, you give up something. The guy who won the Olympic gold had to give up having fun with all his friends every day, going out late and jolling and doing all those things. He had to give that up and train hard, eat correctly, so that he could gain the gold medal. For those of you that have got degrees and you've studied, there were times that you had to just lock the world away. You had to give up that time with your friends to gain your degree because you had to study. In life, it's like that. We need to remember that. You see, many times, our challenges in life are not in understanding, they're in doing. Many people know what they have to do, but they don't necessarily do it. Charles Schwab says this. He says, when a man has put a limit on what he will do, he has put a limit on what he can do. We've got to be willing to pay the price to receive what our potential demands. Joshua 1.8 says this. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, you will speak it but you shall meditate on it day and night. In other words, I'm reading it consistently. But notice those two don't make you successful. The next portion says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then, in other words, when you do it, you will make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Family, we need to do the word. Reading it, alone is not enough. I need to put it into practice. If you go to your doctor for the first time and your doctor says, listen, I've never practiced on anybody, but I've read all the books. <laughs> You're gonna say, uh, not for me, thank you. I want to go to a doctor who's put something in practice. And I'm saying, we've got to learn to do it. And then the last point is this one. If you want to limit yourself from reaching your potential is a thing called problems. 
People fail to think creatively when problems arise. They allow the problem to overtake them and they don't think creatively. You see, there is a difference between problem spotting and problem solving. Many people are good at spotting the problem. We don't want those. We want those who can solve the problem. And so we need to be creative in our thinking. You see, you can easily, I love this saying, you can easily determine the caliber of people by the amount of opposition it takes to discourage them. There are some people that are just so positive. They're always, they're always believing for a solution. I just love being around those people. No matter, yes, this is not a great situation. I know we're not in a great situation, but I know there's a way out. The Bible says God always offers a way of escape. And family, here's the truth. Every problem introduces a person to himself. Your problem will introduce you to yourself and introduce you to the ability that you have. You see, David, King David had within him the giant slaying potential. He had that. God had put that in his DNA, but it only came out of him when he faced his giant. If he had run that day, he would never have known he had giant slaying potential. It was there. I'm saying, church, we need to face the challenge, even though they're difficult, and uh, trust God, and He will help you to overcome that challenge. So today, I want to encourage you not to run from your challenges or to sit down when they arrive, but to get up and face them and ask God for the game plan. And remember Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And church, if we'll take these steps and these points and we'll apply them to our lives, you will overcome no matter what challenge comes your way. Number one, God is with you. And number two, He's placed within you the ability to succeed. So I trust that encourages you and helps you. No matter what's coming, you will win because God is on your side. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, at this time, I'd like to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. Wherever you are this morning, whether you're online in another venue or yesterday, and you've listened to this message and you feel perhaps that your situation is really so overwhelming and you don't know which way to turn, maybe my question to you this morning is, have you started off by asking Jesus to be Lord of your life? See, that's the starting point. We need to know that Jesus is Lord. And so this morning, I wanna give you that opportunity. Romans tells us that if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. In other words, you will be in right standing with God. So this morning, I wanna give you that opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand so I can see who you are and I'll pray for you. Now, friend, you stay where you are. I'm not asking you to come up here. I'm not going down <clears throat> to where you are. But in a moment, just raise your hand and I'll know you wanna make Jesus Lord of your life. My second invitation is to anybody that once served the Lord, but you know that your relationship with Him has grown cold. It's not where it used to be or should be. If you'll allow me to include you in that prayer, you can know for sure today that your relationship will be back on track with the Lord. And my last invitation is to anybody here who says, I don't know what will happen to me when I breathe my last. I don't know if I'll make it to heaven or not. Friend, please allow me to include you in this prayer. And you can know for sure when that day comes, you'll be in right standing with God and you'll go straight to your Father in heaven. So at the count of three, won't you raise your hands to make Jesus Lord of your life for the first time, to come back to Him or to know for sure that heaven's your home. Won't you raise your hand now? One, two, three. Just raise it above your head. 
and wave it at me and I'll pray for you. Can't really see at the back, there's hands going up there. God bless you. I see some hands going over there. Wonderful. Wonderful. God bless you. I see some hands going up. That's just amazing. If you're watching online or in another venue, you can do the same thing as a sign just to acknowledge that I'm confessing Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then I'm going to invite everybody to pray this prayer together, but especially those that have raised their hands. Let's all say this together with them. Say this, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. Please forgive me for every sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and He was raised from the dead. Today, I choose to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. And by making this decision, I now know I'm in right standing with you, Lord. Heaven is my home. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, congratulations. Welcome, welcome to the family of God. We are so proud of you. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.